Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host and as always I'm joined with Claire and Ben. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. It's Robin finals week. Doing really good. Well this is the last podcast that I will be part of. So I want to thank you both for doing very well throughout the year. I know Claire you joined us later on in the year but your efforts have been nothing but valuable. I appreciate you both. I'm going to miss you, Mason. I mean, yeah, I'm going to miss ben, you all. I'm back. <laughs> I'm going to miss you all. Well, let's get into it. We're talking space this podcast. Uh, the most recent space news is Doge One. Elon's launching a mission to the moon paid for with Dogecoin. What do you guys think about that? That's pretty uh, meme worthy content. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I was kind of hoping we get to talk about the Elon um, Saturday Night Live hosting, but you know what? I think I'm going to live without that. There's enough meme content in the world. So. We could talk a little bit about that. I think Elon, you know, I don't think his purpose for going on Saturday Night Live was to tank the Dogecoin price. I don't think that's what he intended, but I think he was very smart with the way he handled it and just, you know, he got it to pump back up right after with another tweet. I'm sure he made some money out of it. Well, there's a lot of the rumors saying that, well, there's not rumors out there, but there are articles saying that um, investors basically shorted uh, Dogecoin before um, it went Saturday and SNL happened. So that's where the uh, short came from, where that big price drop came from. Yeah, I have, in all honesty, I have no faith in Dogecoin. It is just a giant pump and dump. It's, it's a mass circulation of money, in my opinion. But it's funny. It is <laughs> funny. It's, funny. <laughs> it's people just changing their currencies around, though, you know? It's, I don't know, circulation of wealth. Yeah, even since Saturday Night Live happened, it hasn't even gone back up much. I have not checked it recently. So I mean, on... we talk about, this is just meme after meme. Like, the Doge meme is from what? 2012. Oh yeah, like, it's an... this is just meme after meme after meme, and we're just uh, actually it's the two, love. Uh, it start. It was a 2010 photo, and it became popular in late 2013. Okay, all right. Well, you say we're just circulating money and switching currencies. I think we're just circulating memes. That's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I like it. That could be said for sure. Yeah, it looks like a space. I want to talk about memes. Okay, keep going. It looks like Dogecoin is not doing too well. I don't. I don't think anything is doing well right now. I've kind of had a negative outlook on the future of uh, the financial systems of the world, and uh, yeah, I'm guessing in ten years we're gonna see a a pretty troubling sight with the financial systems around the world. But let's get into space. (laughs) That's enough Dogecoin talk. Um, yeah, SpaceX, Falcon 9. I think they are, what was the, they just landed their ninth or 10th booster recently? Yeah, I think it was its 10th landing it had done. That's just wild to me. And that one was on the, the, the drone ship. I don't know if it's the, I still love you drone ship. Or <laughs> is that the well, name they have of it? two of them. Yeah, they have two. That's wild. Yeah. Just that technology. I don't care who you are. If you don't think that technology is wild, you're wrong. <laughs> Landing a, a booster on a drone ship. I think that will continue to amaze audiences for years to come. You also got to think 20 years ago. Well, back when we started space, we were able to get uh, capsules to land at a pretty specific point uh, geographically. And then we got more precise to with the space shuttle where we actually had a, we only had one shot to get it onto a spot. And now you think about it, these boosters are able to actually manipulate themselves so that way they can get onto the exact spot they need to be at. Yeah, it's wild. They save so much money. If you think about how many space missions we had in the past and how many non-reusable rockets we had just exponential the amount of material and money saved by reusing those boosters i'm curious to see how uh starship develops i know we've been seeing i haven't really seen tests recently but um i thought they did a, a very a, a recent test Has it, was it really that recent 
feel like it was a month ago or so. Um, like six days ago. Oh, then I'm wrong. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, they, that one uh, was able to get to uh, 33,000 feet and uh, landed uh, actually pretty, pretty well. It didn't blow up. Nope, it didn't blow up. It's still out of fire, but it did not blow up. I'd say that's a, a very good win for SpaceX. That Starship's going to be crazy in a year or two. Once it's developed even more. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with it because could it replace air travel? Because he's talking like you could hop from one side of the country to the other in like an hour. I don't know if it'll, I'm thinking more, uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't think it will replace like travel on earth. I think that's more Virgin Galactic's goal. I don't think that's necessarily Elon's goal with Starship. I think he's, I, know, I could be wrong. I just feel like that's more focused on planetary travel. If Elon can find a way to monetize it, he will. But I don't think that's his, his goal isn't necessarily uh Say I almost said Earth space travel. Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah. What would you What would you say? Like the term for that, though. I um. Global orbital travel. I don't know. I, mm, Sounds probably weird. something like that. Yeah, I don't, that's a great question. I don't know what you would I've, like. Forgotten every single synonym for like air travel and combine air travel and space travel spare travel space and air i'm doing great today yeah but the other thing spacex has they've been working on a lot is their uh, starlink system oh yeah lots of satellites i've been seeing yeah, but- more and more uh like backlash regarding Starlink. Well, I think it's because I've seen a lot of the backlash. I think it's because they're basically occupying orbits where stargazing would normally happen. And it's just basically adding more junk into space. Like they've already put 1,500, about 1,500 satellites up there and they want to put 30,000 satellites up there. So if we're already noticing there's issues with 1,500, what's 30,000 going to be like? Yeah. I'm wondering if Elon's going to see the opportunity to make some more money with, uh, I don't know, some sort of like satellite cleanup program, space cleanup. Maybe he'll start trying to innovate some new cleaning tactics. I don't know. But I feel like there's definitely some money to be made in that industry. What do you guys think? To like take out satellites that are currently in orbit that are either not functioning or could be replaced. Yeah, for more, sure. More junk like that. I feel like governments would be ready and able to, you know, give well, some grants or whatnot. NASA's done it in the past with the space shuttle. Yeah, but like mass scale. Do you think we'll see a mass scale cleanup? I think maybe. So when a satellite is no longer used, they put it into a basically a garbage orbit where all these junk satellites sit to um, once it gets into that that junk orbit it doesn't do anything it just sits there and try it and usually just sit rots for the rest of its life um, but however i think there is the possibility for some of those junk satellites to be taken and uh, returned to earth for uh, disposal there uh, because then you don't have to have this whole garbage dump of satellites there to begin with i think a lot of the plans with satellites are like a a slow descent so they burn up coming in i think that's what a lot of people plan to do with them i don't know if they necessarily uh trash them once they're down because i don't know how many parts they have left when they get down um they burn up on re-entry i'm guessing that's not too good for the environment what do you guys think about that little Probably not, but it depends on obviously the composition of all of those particular satellites and how that's probably changed over the years, as well as like, okay, you said what, 1,500 
current, assuming you took all of them down right now, including the ones that you know we would like up there, like how much is that comparatively going to make a difference in the Earth's atmosphere and what's in the air? I don't know. I don't think it'd actually be that big of a dent comparatively, but yeah, it might not, not be. That, not that you want to get in the habit of doing that. I mean, it's basically a giant burn barrel. Like, I mean, you can. How often should you? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's an NPR article from March of this year that apparently there there is a demonstration mission trying to clean up space debris it launched from Kazakhstan. So it might not be necessarily a SpaceX thing, but some someone's working on it. Oh, not yeah. Elon apparently, but someone. No, I, I think it'll, it, it's gonna be someone who actually has. Um, who has a spacecraft that actually has a big enough area to grab the satellite and then bring it back to Earth. Mm -hmm. The Starship maybe could do that, but the space shuttle was truly the best vehicle for that because it had that manipulating arm. So it was able to just grab it, grab the object and bring it with it, whereas everybody else has to figure out a way to grab that space, the, the satellite to bring it back to Earth. It's a complicated problem. I'm sure we'll see some companies in the future compete, try to get some federal funding or whatnot to clean it up. I don't know if SpaceX will. It just, I feel like it would make sense for Elon to look into that possibility. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a big man, newly single Jeff Bezos. That's not Jeff. Isn't it that we just said Bill Gates? It's Bill Gates. Both of them. They're oh, you guys want to? Okay, so this has nothing to do with space, but it's an interesting argument. Okay. So yeah, we saw it. we saw the divorce of two of the most powerful men on Earth, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, pretty recently. <laughs> the way you said it makes it sound like they are married to each other. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll, you know, okay. The two of them divorced their or and their wives got divorced. That sound better? No, uh, I'm just laughing. Keep going. <laughs> um. So when you divorce, you can liquidate your your assets, and right. we we're seeing Jeff Bezos liquidate like six point seven billion, and now Bill Gates can liquidate his Microsoft and other stocks. So this was just brought up by one of my my buddies. Do you think that those two got divorced, got liquidated their assets because they're scared about the financial stability of, you know, the U.S. dollar? What do you guys think about that? That is an interesting uh, perspective. I wouldn't say it's an argument. It's more of a theory, I guess. But yeah, it's definitely a theory. I believe that theory has some ground. I don't know. It is, you know, the timing. I don't think it's a coincidence. Oh, I definitely don't think it's a coincidence. I just don't know if it's truly the fact about that, the dollar, though. Is it yeah. that the value is being devalued because okay microsoft and both amazon are not they're not just a u.s company they're global companies now mm -hmm. they've got they've got holdings in all these different areas so the fact that they're worried about the dollar is kind of like um saying like everybody is worried about gasoline right now on 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 the east coast maybe i should rephrase that not just worried about the dollar just worried about financial systems around the world they're, they have no faith in you know any currency maybe they're gonna go crypto i mean mm. if you're liquidating those okay well if elon gets a divorce elon's not married yeah what i thought he's still with crimes i think they're just maybe. dating still they're, they're oh, partners they're not married. My, my bad my bad my bad he, his last divorce is in 2016 oh okay well never mind the man's been divorced Elon's three safe. times already yeah elon <laughs> Elon likes to get around, really? some could say. Well, I guess considering I referred to her as Grimes, I probably should have put two and two together. But... Well, remember, the, the dude's got already seven kids. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting theory. And it could be true. Who knows? It is pretty weird seeing, you know, the Bill and Melinda divorced in general. I don't know who would have expected that. And it came out of nowhere. But seeing both those divorces, when did Jeff and 
his wife get divorced? It wasn't too long ago. It's definitely during COVID. Uh, twenty nineteen. So no, not no, during COVID. It wasn't during COVID. Is it really twenty nineteen? Two years of my life have gone by. It might have been. Um, it was January 9th of twenty nineteen. Wow. Oh, so that's, this one's like really pre COVID. Yeah. Wow. Man, time goes by. <laughs> that felt like yesterday. The day I wrote 2017 on a paper, like I typed up, you know, like May whatever of 2017. It's like, hon, you're off by four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Who knows? I guess we'll see uh, later on. But still, speaking of Bezos, Blue Origin. Have you guys kept up with Blue Origin? I admittedly have not, so I will have to let you guys take the lead on this one. I know he. I haven't either. I, I haven't been keeping up as much as I should have. Honestly, I don't think there's much to keep up with. They've kind of just been the quiet ones. Because I think, see, because when SpaceX was doing all of they technically started in 2002. And Blue Origin started back in, yeah, in 2000. They started really in 2000. Wow. August 2011. When did SpaceX do their first launch? The Falcon 1. That first flight was in 2000. Eight, sorry, 2006 was their first flight. But he also was the first one to get a uh, fully liquid fuel vehicle to orbit the Earth. So I think SpaceX had an edge over Blue Origin, but Blue Origin has been the quiet one working in the background. Because they also, they uh, they want to go, they also are wanting to go both to the Mars and Moon. And I believe uh, that they're going to use their new, I think they, they're using the, their new rocket that they're doing. I believe it's called the New Glenn that they're working on. Uh, basically being, a, I believe, an equivalent to like uh, the Falcon 9 from SpaceX. I got to yeah. say, I really, you know, as much as I don't keep up with Blue Origin, and you know a lot of people disagree with bezos i really appreciate their presence because it gives spacex something to worry about i feel like elon has put a lot of effort into spacex just because of blue origin's presence what do you guys think about that um actually i i don't think that's a full statement i think it's because nasa hasn't had anything for 10 years you don't think that competition with blue origin has Okay, so Falcon 1 launched in 2008, uh, and the space shuttle initially, when they announced retirement, was around that same time, was when they finally announced they were going to retire the aircraft, the, the fleet, uh, because that, uh, well, it was announced to be in 2004 was announced it would be in 2004 after the completion of the, the International Space Station. And then we, then the last one launched in 2011. And then from 2011 to May of 2020 when Demo 2 happened, um, the US basically had no, really didn't have a way for human travel to go into space. We had cargo, cargo we could do very easily. Human travel, we did not. And I think it's, there's also been the part of NASA had, well, not NASA, the US government has canceled some of the programs that we're, that we're gonna follow right after the shuttle. So I think when those happened, uh, Elon just saw opportunities of where he could capitalize. It's interesting though, because if you would have asked any of me and my engineering friends in high school, like get any of us started on space travel stuff. You say SpaceX and the next words out of their mouth are, but if you compare like NASA and SpaceX, like it was never SpaceX and Blue Origin that we'd argue about like the privatization of space travel. Like it was always assumed it'd be SpaceX, you know, for privatized. Um, like we'd always argue about NASA. I don't understand why we never talked about Blue Origin. I think it was because they just didn't, they couldn't, at the time they couldn't compete with um, the Falcon 9. That could be true. And when you've got, when they, the uh, the CRS missions, 
Okay. So the Dragon One went up against for the commercial for the uh, commercial transportation system, which was announced back in 2006 for cargo flights. Okay. Because when the space shuttle stopped flying, uh, that was a cargo hauler. That's what it did. It brought cargo to the International Space Station. The initial round, their um, Blue Origin didn't even make the list. Mm. If that gives you any idea of how of how much behind they really were, mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, SpaceX got got a larger contract and then Orbital Sciences with their Cygnus uh, 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 capsule. But that's it. Now for the second phase, they've, had, they've added another one for uh, the uh, Dream Chaser, but it was the same companies who went after the contract again. I think Blue Origin or Bezos was pretty upset that they didn't get the Moonlander contract. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I, that just recently got announced, didn't it? I think so. Last week or maybe two weeks. Actually, I don't, I don't know. My time frames are so off. Time is not real right now. So, yeah. um, I believe it was recently that they that they unfortunately lost the uh, that. Well, at least for doing the uh, uh, NASA uh, SLS flights, where they lost out on the contract for that. But um, I think they still are planning it to do their own moon mission. Because they wanted to, they unveiled a lander to go there. Uh, so we should, we'll see what happens. Because I, I think it was supposed to be, it was up for the integrated lander vehicle contract, but they, it just wasn't selected. Uh, and they were going after with, it was them, uh, Lockheed Martin, um, Northrop Grumman, and Draper Laboratories were the ones who were, who were all together on this project. But the, the only one who won the contract was SpaceX. I think it's also the fact that uh, Elon has been uh, trying to get the prices for space flying so much cheaper than what uh, NASA's ever been able to do it with. And I think that might maybe the problem for some of these other companies of trying to get that price to compete with the SpaceX price. Another thing, you know, it seems kind of weird, but he's made space travel, you know, like cool again, if that makes sense. Like he's got people interested in space and everything about it. I feel like that's a pretty big, uh, you know, asset to have for SpaceX because they have. I their, think their public gonna, image I, is to awesome. To be honest, I think we've finally got. It. I think we've gotten back to when we had the initial when. In, we had like the moon landing and the entire nation was interested in it. Because if you watch the NASA launches of the, when they did the uh, space shuttle near the end, other than the final flight, it wasn't like it was that big of a deal. It's like, oh, we sent up another rocket. Yeah. Or when, before they did the teacher in space program where they tried to advertise this as a weekly trip thing, I think the country just lost hope in it because it's like, oh, they did it again. Oh, no big deal. I think they lost hope for a couple of reasons. Not only was it like, you know, a, a money sink, people weren't making money off it, but it just wasn't as interesting. Um, I don't know how much you can contribute directly to Elon, but I, I do think he plays a big role. SpaceX has made space cool again. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see. I don't think Bezos and Blue Origin would have had that same effect if they were in SpaceX's shoes. They, I think they could have. I just think SpaceX has gotten to a point where they have, they've gotten these lucrative contracts where uh, they're able to do so much better now. I mean, this is the completely unscientific standpoint in all of it, where you're saying that Elon's made space travel cool again. Yeah, because that PR team and just marketing and how they brand all of it is insane. The average consumer like me and you who 
has no business working for NASA, SpaceX, Blue Origin, any of those, we're still invested and think it's cool. And that draws a viewership and audience that someone who isn't branding it like that won't have. So, because yeah. even if, right, so we talked about how Blue Origin is behind in, or at least was really behind in so many of these aspects of space travel. Well, even if they were behind, you never heard about any of the stuff they were doing. Like you don't have to be the forerunner of something new in order to be in the media. Like, yes, that helps, but even just doing whatever you're doing, you gotta know how to market that to get attention. So oh, once yeah. again, I mean, you, you don't win contracts from NASA or anywhere else by being fashionable and cute and having your stuff color coordinated. But at the same time, the average consumer is drawn in by that. Yeah. I think Elon's done remarkably well with marketing. I, I consider Elon a master marketer just because I don't know. It sounds weird. And that just, that might be me being a fanboy of SpaceX, but everything he does, you know, even Tesla stuff, like it's just trendy worthy material. If you know what I'm getting at, like Falcon 9, that's like an iconic rocket now. SpaceX, that's, everyone knows SpaceX. Everyone yeah. knows Tesla. It's, it's, everything he puts his name on does well. And it's, I don't know. It's really and cool He does well see. because he doesn't attach his name to everything. Like, yeah. if we actually looked into everything that Elon Musk has money in right now, I mean, the list is probably astronomical, if you could even get access to something like that. But the things right. that you associate him with are the things that are doing well and have an upwards tra- trajectory to continue doing well again marketing yeah um yeah this started with paypal that mm-hmm. paypal is iconic now everyone knows paypal yeah it's like paypal or um what what uh, what other companies have elon done um, the boring company the board yeah it is not a flamethrower uh, it's just it's in hindsight, it looks so simple, but, you know, in reality, that is just a master marketer at work. It is, it's a thing of beauty. Okay, well, think about when he sent his his own personal roadster. Yeah, like two companies in one marketing for that without consumers really realizing that they're being marketed towards. Mm-hmm. I don't know, as a marketing student, it's just mind-blowing how good it is. Like, it's good. <laughs> Another group, I don't, I feel like they're somewhat more in the press than Blue Origin is Virgin Galactic. Yes, but Virgin Galactic's had a lot of issues. Yeah, they are in different. And I think that, and I, I truly think it's the issues that have unfortunately have gotten them in the press. Yeah, that is true. But Ben, bad press is still press. Yeah. No such thing as bad press. I think there is sometimes. Um, you know, I I, I I just I disagree with that statement in some occasions. I was gonna say the, the comm major who has done social media marketing and has some interest in PR will tell you. Ah! I don't know if I agree <laughs> with that one. Good try though. Still, I I think Virgin Galactic has enormous potential to do good, but they are. You know, it's, it's a different industry in some sense. They are on that that term we were talking about earlier, the global orbital travel industry. I don't know what it is, but I think that's it. Um, and that, I, I believe it holds a lot of value into the future. Do you guys think it holds that value? Uh, the space tourism industry? That and just high-speed travel. Like they're, uh, what's the... They had a okay, here, wait, Wikipedia referred to their flight in 2018 as the first suborbital space flight. Okay. I think I could land on that term. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Suborbital space flight. Yeah, because I mean. I like yeah, it is a new, unveils new suborbital space plane. Okay. Yeah. So the most recent one, Spaceship 3 called the VSS Imagine. Uh, that was unveiled in on March 30th. I'm trying to see the flight speeds, what they're predicting. Doesn't look like 
I think it's just it's just I think it's designed to go up into space and then have basically be space tourism. Yeah, because that's basically Virgin Galactic's goal has been space tourism. I think it holds some promise. Maybe not. I guess we'll have to see. Maybe Elon I, will decide that he wants to do space tourism. Yeah, but Virgin Galactic's got has had a rocky start. Um, the with them because they had that crash a few years ago. Uh, but who knows? They've they've definitely improved a lot, and I'm very. They'll be. Uh, We'll have to see what it, what it looks like once they uh, can uh, continuously and reliably make uh, have these uh, flights happen. I'm looking at that crash right now. That was of that was with their last spaceship, Spaceship Two. So maybe this new one will bring some better safety measures. I don't know. I didn't look too far into the reason of the crash. Uh, the reason of the Spaceship One crash was a design flaw with, along with pilot error. Okay. Um, yeah, it was definitely um, a very sad time for them, especially considering that was their only air, uh, spacecraft they had at the moment. So even after they had to wait like two years before the next one, uh, the Unity, BSS Unity was actually able to be online. But these ones aren't going like, they're not going as high as uh, the drag, uh, crew drag in and the space shuttle could. These are only going uh, 50 to 80 kilometers uh, into space. And after that, they're able to come back safely without needing as much uh, without needing a very protective heat so system since they're not really leaving the atmosphere. I wonder how much one of those tickets cost. A lot. A lot. Some other areas making some great strides are uh, actually some countries around the world. Have you guys looked into... You said that, you said that so like condescendingly when we all know the U.S. leads the world in approximately zero categories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, we lead the world in Hollywood culture, okay? Sure. I, sure. I suppose I'll, I'll concede that category is to say we also lead the world in most expensive healthcare and obesity, but that's cool. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing you also got to think about is Russia also has basically been the competitor for the U.S. for oh, many yeah. years. And Very true. I don't, and if you like, for example, you look at Canada, Canada doesn't even, their space program is all tied in with NASA. So when you say that some of these other countries don't have as big a space programs, it's sort of true, but some of them are tied in with other countries' programs. Like the can Canadians in the US, um, it, the space programs work a lot together. So it's not like uh, this is just a simple little, oh, this country wants to go and be uh, part of space. It's you've got to first figure out how you're going to do it and then execute in that manner. Yeah, because I mean, the startup capital to start any of those programs is astronomical. So you can't just be like, oh, we want to be leader in space travel. Like, it'd be easier, as you said, to kind of combine forces and joint research stuff, so. Yeah, and you'll, like, for example, you look at Japan. Uh, they have, they have two launch facilities in Japan, but they can only use, uh, I believe one of them is only able to be used at certain times of the year because it's usually underwater. So, uh, really? Huh. Well, it's not like it's underwater, but uh, it's not able to be used much because of the inclination that it's at. One more time, 
My pea brain is not comprehending. My pea brain. I'm, um, I'm guessing the tides have something to do with it. I believe it's something like the tides, and it's uh, they only are they're able to only launch from certain areas at certain times due to uh, weather related or inclination related, or uh, they just have to be careful with their uh, rockets. Unlike okay, in the U.S., where cool. we don't have to worry about it as much. Got it. <laughs> Wasn't there a recent Chinese mission? somewhere i'm pretty sure there was what's the one with the asteroid oh why am i blanking on that oh the one that was supposed to be the united states is that u.s looking at the asteroid i thought it was china uh, um yeah china's mission to sample an asteroid and study a comment It's a Chinese-Russian joint mission. Huh. Oh, it's aiming to launch it around 2024. Oh, so it, hasn't, it has not launched yet. No, it's just a plan right now. Ah. Still, I, I think that's a great idea. I think studying asteroids, comets, everything is going to be vital as we go into the future. I'm sure we'll be seeing some asteroid mining at some point in human human time. Well, it's just like why we're sending up a new space telescope. We put Hubble up there initially so it could do its stuff. We had to fix it a couple times to keep it working, but we had to fix it as soon as it got up there. As soon okay, as it we got all up make there. mistakes, Mason. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the mirror was shot, like when they put it on. Yeah. It, yes. Um, and that's. And that's why immediately. Uh, after didn't they was, make okay? Sorry for interrupting, but didn't they make like corrective lenses for Hubble? I think that's the yes, way they, they did. went about it. Okay. They made they made two sets of corrective lenses. Nice. You know our Hubble's getting old. Needs the glasses. Yeah, well, it needed glasses from day one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been in. It's been in operation since may of 1990 i think hubble okay, well, it's all older than us so. yeah, i think hubble did its part really well you know in, in terms of like capturing public interest hubble has given us some of the most well it captured pictures i think i think it captured public interest because they failed so because they had to do that service mission so soon true well, that, that actually, definitely played into it. But think about all the all the pictures you've seen from Hubble, all the oh, space wait, no. it, pictures. It's, it's, we've, we have we have gotten some beautiful pictures from Hubble, and it was it's been definitely worth it to do all of the repairs to Hubble and all all the work to it. Yes, we were. It was very much a lot of work to get the it back to uh, get it from get it fixed, but. It's been definitely worth it. It's why they're making another space telescope because it's able to do stuff that no space telescope on Earth is ever able to do. Yeah, I don't think the James Webb will provide the same uh, like sort of public interest that the Hubble will or Hubble did. I think the James Webb is more focused on astrophysics missions, you know, getting infrared pictures and other other pictures like that that aren't really you know how do i want to word this um ones that we can't yeah yeah students. yeah yeah you know not as understandable to some you know people will look at an infrared picture of a solar system or something and not really know what's going on but do you remember when we uh, got the first pictures, pictures in quotation marks, of a black hole. I was a senior in high school and I was in AP Chem and we were all like, not we. Everyone was like, why is it blurry? <laughs> like, calm down. It's not like a real photo, guys. Calm down. Was it really so, that long ago? I, I was in AP Chem. This was definitely senior year of high school. My time is going by. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah, I remember the exact picture. Was when we saw that the black hole. Wow. What? Wow. April okay. 2017. Uh, wait. 
then I'm, wait, then I'm off on my timeline. Wait, did I graduate high school? That would put me at 2019 then. Well, I'm off, doesn't matter, whatever. I remember everyone's like, why is it blurry? <laughs> Calm down, this is not a 4K photo, chill out. No, and, the, and that, that image was um, 54 million light years away. Exactly. That picture is still yeah. wild. First and yeah. only picture of a black hole. Mm -hmm. so, but once yes, again, not as aesthetically pleasing for a third grader interested in yeah. space. So it, it doesn't look as cool as a picture of you know Saturn with its rings. Right. Yeah. Um, but, Probably more useful in the long run. Oh yeah, <laughs> this James Webb will produce information that is. You know, it's a massively global effort, I believe. There's multiple agencies on this project. So yes, I believe this is a very, it's a very big project. The data from this telescope will, without a doubt, be essential for future space travel and space knowledge. I think they're going to look towards, like, the first galaxies. That's their plan. That's what they want to know. Yeah, it's gonna be mind, very... can't even comprehend it. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's, be it's cool to watch. It's unbelievable how much <laughs> how advanced it is. I don't know. It makes you think how little we actually like. Like, yeah, we learned a lot, but we we know nothing. Like, like absolutely nothing. From the 1960s up until now, we have not really. You know, we've definitely looked at more places. We have a better understanding, but like in the grand scheme of things, we didn't learn too much. No. Yeah, that, that's my point. Like we've made strides, but like a stride is like ugh, nothing. A stride is a drop. To, yeah, it's a drop <laughs> in the ocean of what like wealth of information is essentially beyond current comprehension with our knowledge of how our world works which doesn't even work in basically anywhere else that's great i love that <laughs> i'm very excited to see that actually in uh god was this middle school or high school in middle school i think i did a research report on hubble on the telescope and hubble himself and i don't know, do you guys think we'll ever see another like noted astronomer like the the person who released the black hole images, I don't know his name. Do you guys? I was gonna make a joke and say you're telling me that Elon Musk doesn't get to be well, the like, astronomer. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> the man's an entrepreneur, not an astronomer. But I don't know. I'll look up who had the black hole photos. I don't know if we'll see another noted astronomer. I don't know. Maybe no. Actually, I there's so much out there. I, I'm sure we'll see some. I don't oh, know. If I, we'll see it in our lifetime, but I'm sure there's a massive discovery just waiting to be discovered. It's just on our fingertips. We just haven't found it yet. Yep. I'm sure there's something. Well, that will be all for our space conversation today. We're going to do a little end of the year analysis, how far we've come, how much is left to go. In uh, all honesty, I'm, I think our COVID scenario is looking a little bit better than last year. I think you guys will agree. I think we're uh, in a better place than, you know, what we were before. Um, With the vaccines the and whatnot. West we are in a better thing, but I think, I think everyone's fear of it's spreading everywhere else is becoming true. Like if you, like, for example, looking at India, they're, they're setting records like there's like it's it's crazy right now so i do think you are right we i think we are in a better place but it's not like we're in that much of a better place we have the vaccines coming out like i believe pfizer um well the cdc has recommended that pfizer can be used in uh eight people aged 12 to 15 um, and that just came out minutes ago so that's a very um, big thing right now, considering they're going to be the first ones to get that 12 to 15 year old range. Um, mm -hmm. Now is, are we going to see more of this coming out later with um, 
a young, with kids younger than that. I don't know yet, but it's definitely mm-hmm. been something. It's we are in an improved state from a year ago. Yeah. I think if we just look at Grand Forks specifically globally, sure. India's under, you know, the worst case of COVID we've seen in a long time. But um Grand Forks, I think we're looking good. I think the summer is gonna be a lot less restricted. I think the US will probably be the same, a lot less restricted. But I don't know if they'll play well into next year. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. I'm sure I'll get a text from Ben sometime next year saying, you know, we're not as we're not doing as well as we are or as we thought, or we're doing better than we thought. <laughs> I feel I think, like I'm just gonna have to adopt the phrase, I guess we'll wait and see when you're not here. Only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to say it. Or Ben yeah. will. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's Ben's thing. Or who knows, maybe we'll find someone else who comes on and they say something just very similar. We don't know yet. I feel like that'd be kind of funny to do a, a new way of saying that, a new way. Yeah. way. <laughs> yep. Um, in terms of UND change from this year to last year, or last year to this year, rather, I'm, I'm excited to see what UND holds in the future. It's it's awesome to see how this campus has evolved from my freshman year to now. I it's almost unrecognizable in some aspects. Um, I know every time I drive down university, I'm like, is this the same campus I came to when I very at the initially started here? Because it doesn't, it does not look the same at all anymore. No, not at all. It is wild. And uh I'm sure it'll keep going at the same pace. We're we're kicking up the speed of all these revamps and and everything. I'm excited to see what's next. Nistler's kind of the big deal right now, same with the Memorial Union. So, yeah, we'll be hopefully we'll be in the in the union this fall and seeing what it's like. I agree. In terms of Dakota students, I think we did well this year. There's definitely some some hard points, but we overcame it. Uh, being online only. What'd you guys think of it? I know Claire, this is really your only experience with a DS. So you might have a limited opinion, but what'd you think about it? I don't know. I I personally enjoyed it. I mean, I guess it'd be interesting to see what the possibilities are for this fall, if there's a chance to get things more in person, have physical copies, but yeah. Do you have any concerns about being in physical? having physical copies and being in person? To be honest, I haven't thought that far ahead. I've enjoyed being able to essentially work online uh, and contribute that way because I think that it gives me more flexibility to actually like pour into the articles I want. Um, I say that, however, as I haven't read like an opinion piece like a month, but it's been tough, okay? I've had the point, so. <laughs> I, to be honest, as as the person work doing the podcast, I believe that the Dakota student head did the best that they we could do, given the limitations we had for this year, and we did astound it. We did very well. I was I was amazed at how well because I was coming into this year, I was a little worried of okay, when, when, with Mason taking over, it's like, okay, we didn't have many people that were repeats of last year. And I'm like, oh boy, this is either going to turn out really well, or we're going to have a lot of problems. And everything turned out very well. We had, we didn't have many issues this year. We had some, we had some great articles. We had our, we had the best article we've ever probably written in a long time happen. So I think that the the co-student did a very good job this year. There are definitely some points that I'll take personal blame for. Um, There's some projects that I wish would have gone through, multiple projects. I This whole semester and last semester, you know, I, I had a lot of plans for the Dakota student and COVID made it difficult. My coursework made it difficult. 
yeah, I just wish I could have done more of those projects, but I'm glad things turned out the way they did. This was an excellent learning experience, not just for me, I'm sure all the staff learned and adapted and all the staff did very well. I'm sure they, I hope they got something out of it. I hope I could have taught something to some people. It's definitely been a very fun, it's been a very good year and uh, we've made, we've had lots of, we've had lots of laughs. We've probably all cried at some point or another when we got frustrated with stuff, but I think this year went as best as we could have ever had it go. I'm glad to hear that. It's been a wild four years and I have nothing but appreciative to UND for making making my uh, my life a reality, making all my achievements possible. Yeah, it's wild that's coming to an end. Time flies by. That saying only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, time flies by, so I don't know. Anyway. You want to hear you. Queen one more time? <laughs> you know, Ben, if you want to. I think this is probably probably one of the funniest things I heard from Mason the two years that I've known him. And the reaction from Molly and Madison from last year is just priceless. So you and the internet, am I right, ladies? <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> that's my only, that's it. That's all I'm saying. I love that oh. so much. Oh Can God. I make that my like, ringtone on my phone? <laughs> yeah. Yes, queen. Every time, every time Mason texts in the group I chat, yes, queen. queen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome at the end. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah. It's been a fun ride. Uh, I love the DS. I love UND. I love Grand Forks, even though it, it's cold and sometimes smells. And I love the people here. It's wild that's coming to end, but I'm glad I had staff such as yourselves make it all, all the easier. Oh, you're welcome, Mason. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you for tuning in to the final Dakota student podcast of the 2020-2021 school year. Uh, it's been a pleasure being the host and it's been a pleasure hopping on all these episodes and giving my opinion, albeit not too informed, but I'd like to think I'm informed. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for tuning in. I hope you all have a great week, a great year, a great summer. And uh, the DS will be back next fall with more content. Thanks and have a good one. <laughs>